Mark chapter 10, begin reading with verse 17. Let's all stand as we read God's Word. As Jesus started on His way, a man ran up to Him and fell on His knees before Him. He said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud and honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he said to him, one thing you lack. Go, sell everything you have, and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. As far back as I can remember, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, I remember uh, this was the text that I used when I first preached my first sermon uh, a long time ago. It's always been a story that intrigued me, and, and, and I always enjoyed studying it. This guy that the Bible is referring to here is a guy that's probably between the ages of 17 and 22. And uh, and he is uh, he's a very wealthy guy. He he was raised in wealth. He he enjoyed uh, all of the wealth that he had been given through the years. He was probably a guy that could own and and do anything. He he was just a, a terrific, probably a terrific guy to be around too. He was probably one of the most popular guys around. In that you look at his personality as the scripture goes down through there, you see a lot of good character and a lot of good qualities about this man. But there were some things here that turns this story into a tragedy. And today I've entitled this sermon, The Tragedy of the Rich Young Ruler. And, and there's some things here that turns it into a tragedy and, and makes it a story that, that we look at and we feel sad about because of the end results of this story. But I believe there's four basic things there that this guy misunderstood or didn't understand and, and that, that brought it to a tragic end. And I want us to look at those four things real quickly this morning and just share them with you. The first thing is this. This boy, this man, he didn't understand who Jesus really was. Now, he is a good guy. He evidently was a very, he was raised to be very polite. Because this guy, the scripture says, as Jesus was walking down the road, this man ran to Jesus and he bowed, the scripture says, he fell on his knees before him and he said, Good teacher. Good teacher. 
Now, in those two words, <coughs> excuse me, in those two words, he probably misunderstood Jesus completely. Because Jesus is more than just a good teacher. I talk to people who, who claim to be uh, 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 without God and, and have no desire of knowing Him whatsoever, and, and uh, even lean, lean toward atheist, atheist belief. And, and many of those people would say, when I get to the place, I'd say, do you really believe Jesus lives? Oh, yes, I believe He lives. He was probably a good teacher. But that's not enough. C.S. Lewis says that you either got to declare Jesus one of three things. You've got to declare Him as a liar, a lunatic, or you've got to declare Him Lord. Now, that is, that is a quote from C.S. Lewis that's often used. What's not often used is the remainder of his quote. He goes on there and he says this. C.S. Lewis, you can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and call him a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He's more than a teacher. And this young man probably missed that completely. Now, over the next few weeks, uh, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas around here, I hope that we, we come to the place that we understand exactly who Jesus is. He's more than a teacher. He's God Himself. The Bible says that there will be a babe born, and He shall be called Emmanuel. And that means God is with us. He's God Himself. And we have to recognize that. Listen, if you believe that Jesus was just a great teacher, I want to tell you that you, can, you miss salvation completely. Because He's more than that. He's more than that. And you've got to understand that. Who do you call Jesus? What do you say about Jesus? Jesus, Jesus came back to the rich young ruler here and He said, Why do you call me good? Jesus wanted this guy to focus here on who He was really talking to. And He wanted him to understand and then Jesus made this statement to him. He said, no one is good except God. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, I want you to understand something, son, that I am God in the flesh. And we must come to grips with that. We must understand that this this thing called Christmas that we celebrate every year is all about Jesus, God, coming in the flesh to pave the way for our salvation. And Jesus wanted this young boy to understand that. He completely missed and misunderstood 
who Jesus is. There's a lot of people who completely miss that, aren't there? A lot of folks just don't get who Jesus is. And man, we need to be the gospel bearers. We need to be the ones who tell them exactly who Jesus is. There's something else there, though, that I see, that I think that we ought to look at, and that is that this young boy thought being good was enough. He thought being good was enough. He came to Jesus and he said, he said, good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Now, he had the right question, did he not? He wanted to know, what is going to give me life eternal? What is going to let me live in heaven with you? He had the right question. But then we see Jesus answers the boy. And he says, you know the commandments. And then he begins to quote the commandments. He lists murder, commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, defraud not, honor your father and mother. And, and, and I, I picture the story going this way, that the boy even interrupts Jesus here at this point, And he says, Master, teacher, I have kept those ever since I was a young boy. He said, I've I've been good at these things. But you notice the commandments that Jesus gave this this young man dealt with man-to-man relationships. They were not the commandments that deals with God-to-man relationships. This boy was more concerned about the relationships from man to man. And he wasn't concerned with that relationship between God and himself. He didn't get to that place. And he said, I've kept these from my youth up. I want to say to you this morning, you and I can't be good enough. There's no way. We just can't be good enough. The most used word in the Greek for sin is, is the word harmakano. And, and that word actually means to miss the mark. And it's an archery word. You know, if, uh, some of you guys that hunt with bows, you understand this a whole lot better than I do. I want a shotgun that's going to give me a bunch of shot going every which way. You know what I mean? Now, I don't want one point, and that's all I got to hit. But, but, but you guys at Hunt with Bows, you understand this, and, and you, you know that you have a target, and you have that one bullseye there. And you draw back the arrow, and you let it go. You want to hit the mark, the bullseye. Anything less than that is a failure. You missed the mark. That's exactly the word that we have here. The most used word in the Greek for sin. It means to miss the mark that God has set for us. Now, with that being said, 
want you to understand that it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how many commandments you keep. It doesn't matter how much you love your brothers. It doesn't matter who you are. You can't be good enough. You're going to miss the mark. You say, how do you know that? Because Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have, and there's that word, sinned, missed the mark, and come short of the glory of God. All have missed the mark and fallen short of the glory of God. You can't be good enough. I've known some good people in my lifetime. Excellent people. But I know some of those folks that I've known who are good people. Who may even be involved in in church, who may give to all kinds of needy people, all kinds of charities, who do work to help in in many areas of life. But I want you to know that if they're dependent on those things, they can't be There's no way. There's no way. If you just sin one time, one time, you miss the mark. Do you understand that? Just one time, you miss the mark. But he did not. He thought that being good was enough. But he missed the mark. But then I noticed something else there about this guy. And that is, this guy didn't understand grace. He didn't understand grace. He came to Jesus and he said, He said, and and it literally reads like this in the Greek, it says, What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do that's good so that I can have eternal life? And he, he, he misunderstood grace. He thought it was about doing. But grace is not about doing, is it? You remember last week, I brought up the word mercy. And I talked about mercy being uh, that, that that you get something you don't deserve. Uh, I'm sorry, that you deserve. You're not getting something you deserve. I'll get that right, all right? You're not getting something you deserve. We don't get what we deserve. I talked to you about that last week. If we got what we deserved, every one of us would be down. But we don't get what we deserve. 
There is no way that we deserve it. We shouldn't have it. Grace is undeserved, unearned favor. It's when God looks at us and He says, I know what you are. I know who you are. I know the deepest, darkest secrets of your life. But yet, I love you and I died for you. And I'm giving you my grace. Wow. And I don't even deserve it. That's it. But this guy completely missed grace. Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you see that? Grace is given to us freely. And there is nothing we can do to earn it. You can't give enough offerings. You can't be active enough in church. You can't serve enough. You can't be baptized enough. There is nothing you can do to earn grace. It's given freely. Boy, I sure am thankful for that, aren't you? I'm thankful that God loved me enough that He, he showed His grace and gave His grace for my salvation. Because if he hadn't, every one of us would miss heaven. We would miss this relationship with Jesus Christ. His grace. But then last of all, I see here that this man, not only did he didn't understand who Jesus was, and he thought that being good was enough, and, and he misunderstood grace. But fourth of all, he rejected Jesus. He rejected Him. Here's the tragedy. The Bible says that Jesus conversed with him, and then Jesus told him, He said, he said, son, you must be a good boy, but here's the idea. There's one thing you need to do. You need to, you need to go and you need to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then come and follow me. Now, hey, hey, don't misunderstand the word here. Because the word's not telling you that you can't have possessions. And you, and you can't be wealthy in order to know Jesus. But what the Word is saying to us here is God already knows our priorities. And because He knew the heart of this young man and his priorities, He was
was saying to this young man, there's some things in the way of you serving me. And you've got to get rid of the things. You've got to get rid of the things, the hang-ups. And to this young man, it was the wealth. He said, you need to sell everything and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And then the Scripture tells us that this man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. He couldn't handle it. Jesus pinpointed his priority. He said, here's your problem. Right here. Let's deal with it. He wanted to see if the boy was serious about following him. But it seemed that this guy was just serious about eternal life. And I want you to understand something. Jesus is not just a fire escape. We are to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm so thankful that one of the benefits of knowing Jesus is that I'll never go to hell. But I want you to understand, the priority in my life needs to be having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It needs to be focused on Him as my Savior. This boy's this boy missed it all. And he rejected Jesus. Now, some theologians, and I don't know this for a fact, but some theologians like to take this young man here in Mark and, and they like to connect him up to the rich man in Luke twelve. You know what the rich man in Luke twelve did? He he now was a grown man. He had moved past that young tender age of wanting to know about eternal life. And he had rejected Christ. But now in Luke 12, this man, has, he's a farmer, he's very wealthy, and, he, and he's bringing in the crops, and he tears down his barns, and he builds bigger barns, and he fills them up, and then he sits down, and he says, Now, I am going to eat, drink, and be merry. The death angel came that night and said, Today, today, your soul will be required of you. And that man died in his lost, unsaved condition. And if it's true, that he is connected back to this rich young guy that we just talked about. If it's true, then he died as a rejecter of Jesus Christ. How sad. Some theologians go further than that. And once again, I don't know it for a fact. But some theologians connect this rich young ruler with this rich man in Luke 12. 
And then they connect him to the rich man in Luke 16. Do you know the story of the rich man in Luke 16? In Luke 16, the Bible says, And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. In torment. This man, at the age of 18 to 22, in in the book of Mark, rejected Jesus Christ as his Savior. And in Luke 12, was a successful businessman. And in Luke 16, he is now a rich man in hell. Now, do you hear me? It all started as a rejection as a young man. How sad. What a sad commentary about one man. But how many times is that story duplicated over and over and over again? all started when one man said, you're asking too much from me. I'm going to hold my riches tight and I'm going to go away and reject you. Now let me ask you this morning. What's holding you back? From giving your life to Christ. What's holding you back from giving your life to Christ? And I've been in the ministry a long time. I've talked to a lot of people about Jesus over the years. And I've heard a lot of excuses. I've ever heard excuses from young folks about Well, you know, I just couldn't enjoy myself. Because Jesus puts too many restraints on me. To adults who just blatantly say they're not interested. They've let things Hold them back from Christ. What's holding you back? But let's go a step further. What's holding you back from serving the Lord? Maybe you know Christ is your Savior. Maybe your relationship is not thriving. What's holding you back from having a relationship that's thriving with Christ? What's keeping you from getting into His Word? What's keeping you from an exciting prayer life? What's keeping you from serving in the church? What's keeping you from ministering? What's keeping you from sharing the gospel with
other people outside the walls of the church? What is it that's in your way? Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Get rid of it. And let Jesus be Lord of your life. Angel Martinez was one of the great evangelists of days gone by. And Angel Martinez preached a sermon on this rich young ruler. And his outline was very simple. Here's what he said. He said, the rich young ruler was healthy in that he had youth. But he also was humble in that he kneels before Jesus. He said the rich young ruler was holy in that he kept commandments. But then he said, the rich young ruler was horrible because he rejected Make Him the Lord of your life this morning. Let's pray. Hey, number one question this morning is this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you know Him. had a a place and time in your life when you gave your life to Christ. You surrendered to Him. You didn't hold back anything. And you let Him become your Savior. And you know Him. If you don't know that, then man, today's a great day to give your life to just receive Him as your Savior today? And then, maybe you know Christ as your Savior. But there's some things you're holding on to right now. There's some things that you've put as a priority in your life that that you've grabbed hold of and you've said, I'm going to hold on to these no matter what. And Jesus is saying, let loose. Let loose. Won't you turn loose of those things? Let Jesus be your priority. Let the relationship you have with Him be your priority. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for people in this room. I pray for those that are are just holding on to something. Maybe they're believers, Father. I pray for them. I pray that they'll turn loose today and and allow you to have uh, your will and your way in their life and and allow that relationship you have with them to blossom and and grow. And, And, Father, I pray for those that don't know you. I pray for their salvation today. 
God, I pray that they don't let anything hinder them from meeting you today. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's stand. Brother John's going to sing. Kevin and I here at the front. You be honest and you be open with the Lord right now this morning. If you need to know Jesus as your Savior, just walk down this aisle and just say to Kevin or I, Hey, I want to know Jesus. We'll know what to do. We'll help you. You be honest right now with what you need to do. As Brother John sings.